Welcome to the overview of ISO 9001, a nice little refresher as to what the standard is trying to achieve in your business. In terms of the content of the presentation, just a very brief look at what is ISO 9001, how does it relate to the needs of the customer, and what are the benefits to the business? How is a typical system to be set up, and what is the role of the management representative? Now then, areas of new activities that you need to get used to. And the timescale for registration, and indeed the registration process itself. So if you look at ISO, clearly it's an international standard. So once you've got that certificate, you've got a very important credential that is accepted worldwide. There's five main sections to the standard, denoted by the paragraphs 4 through to 8. Four is documentation, which is quite simply as it suggests, all the written procedures, the quality manual, the work instructions that are there to control the processes in your business. Management have got a responsibility as well. This isn't a quick fix, okay? It's something that you've got to develop through the business month after month. So the management are there to make sure there's a commitment in terms of resources, training, facilities, such that everybody's involved in this development throughout the business. Indeed, people are catered for in paragraph six on training, so that you make sure the right people are doing the right job, and indeed they've got the right skills in order to undertake the work. Production invariably is the biggest section because you've got everything there, sales, purchasing, design, as well as the actual manufacture. And then finally, paragraph eight, measurement and analysis. This system doesn't stand still. Okay, you control the processes in the business, but you keep measuring as to how you're performing in order to sort out the areas that aren't effective, but just as equally important, the ones that are working, develop them so they get even better. Now then, it's often requested by clients at the tender stage. Quite often you get the PQQ through, and one of the first questions is, have you got ISO? If you have copy of the certificate, and then get to the back of the questionnaire. If you haven't got the registration, then you've got quite a lot of paper to fill in. It's driven by processes these days. The old days of 5750 are long gone, where it was the tick box culture. Everybody recognises now that absolutely everything within a business can be defined and controlled as a process. But then again, that's all very well, but why bother? So let's have a look at the customer needs. You need to give the customer a commitment. You need to give them something back in return for them passing that order across the table to you. You see, they want to get confidence. Confidence in the ability of everybody that's within your company. Crucially, orders need processing in a controlled manner, and that actually is stated in the standard. The days of headless chickens, no, not interested. So, a nice controlled process for every order. That way you get a consistent product every time. That's what the customer wants. Once you've hit the right standard, they want it time and time again. And a calm working relationship. Right? We don't want people on phone calls hurling abuse down the line to one another. Everybody needs to be working together, customer supplier, so that the orders can get processed. And don't forget that applies within your company as well, because you're all customer suppliers throughout all the processes in the business, and you want to get on with everybody and just get the job done as well, I'm sure. 
In terms of the business, what are the benefits? Well, it's all about removal of two main enemies. Waste, that's fairly straightforward, isn't it? You all identify that as time, money and effort. Particularly when it does hit the bottom line, you don't need to say any more. What that's often forgotten, though, is variation. Now, this is when the same task gets done, but slightly differently each time. Typical examples, you're using different software, different tools to do the job, or may even be a machine. And certainly operators can bring in variation. Classic case of when people are away on holiday, somebody will cover, they'll do the best, but it's never quite the same. Plus, the opportunity to win more business, and that's on the bottom line because, let's face it, that's where you want it to be, putting money on the company's bottom line. Okay, a typical system. It's often called a three-tier system, a quality manual, which is a nice, general, easy, readable document, the sort of thing you give to the customer. Outlines everything about the system and the procedures that relate to how you address the standard. The procedures these days are based around flowcharts. The days of the long tome of a Word document are disappearing fast, in line with the way lean manufacturing has developed, with a very visual approach. People want that harmonising within the quality system as well, so you'll see a lot of flowcharting. Third tier is work instructions or SOPs, Standard Operating Procedures. Now this is where you've got a specific job for a specific person or group of people, and you know that if it wasn't explained step by step, there would be a risk that the job could fall through. So, simple test on that one is if you didn't have the instruction, is there a risk something could go wrong? If you're saying to yourself, yeah, there is, then you need to write one. It's as simple as that. One set of forms in use, you don't want people working on a variety of forms. Drawings is the obvious example. These get changed, but they don't get recalled and reissued. So people are working off different versions of the drawing, so it's no wonder confusion sets in. You would expect there to be at least one hard copy of signed off masters within the company, because people do need to get authority for these procedures and documents. So the head of department signs it off and then the management representative signs it off as well. That's the, that's the usual pattern. There may be copies around departments. It all depends. If you're an IT-based company, I think you'd install it on the internet. Or you might get a mixture of the two. It's controlled by the management representative. And this is the person who's granted responsibility and authority to control the system. And invariably, it could well be a good sell. You've got a direct path to the CEO or the MD to get things sorted, get new ideas introduced. So you've got a very special relationship in the company organisation. Now, what new activities might you see around the business? Keeping orders identified. That, that might seem blindingly obvious, but as I walk around companies, it's not an activity that often gets the, shall we say, due care and attention it deserves. You should be able to walk round and look at any pile of material and link it to an order, right? You don't want stacks of material, goods, and you're scratching your head thinking, I'm not quite sure what this is. It can be a traveller that's attached to it, it can be physically identified, but you really do need to keep identification under control. Just as important, you need to log and report non-conforming products. Now, this is often an area that isn't really done within a business that's going through the process of gaining registration. Problems often get sorted out on the hoof, as I would say, verbally. Well, now you have to log each one, 
make sure somebody's assigned the responsibility to agree the verdict and then also look at them to find out what the root cause of the problem is, simply so you can stop it happening again. Internal auditing, again, that will probably be new to you. That's where the management representative is going around just to check that the system is okay and is being adhered to. And this is best stressed by the phrase, audits uncover defects in the system. Okay, it's the system you're checking because that's what people are using. So make sure it's up to scratch and giving people the best chance. There's measured quality objectives. This links back to the senior managers. They've got to have a quality policy or a vision statement, that sort of thing. But behind it has got to be measurable objectives so that you can demonstrate that you're actually moving in the right direction. And again, a nice little reminder there, what gets measured gets done. It really is so true. You can spend ages just talking round and round subjects, but without some firm, concrete data, the chances of things changing are very slim. You want one set of controlled documents in use, and you need things like training needs and requirements defining. And then you need some action and a review of effectiveness. This is often forgotten. People go on courses, come back, and that's the last you hear of it. You should really be sitting down and saying, well, what was the course like? Was it any good? Because, I mean, you don't want to be sending other people on it if it's not come up to scratch. And then you need to take action to make use of what you've learned. This is by no means, by no means an exhaustive list. But these are just a few of the things that might appear new to people once you go down the path of an ISO system. All right, the time scale. How long is all this going to take? Well, at some point, you've written your system and you're going to launch it so that from that day forwards, you start to use it. You don't do things retrospectively, you move forward. You hold awareness sessions, I trust, for all employees. Don't leave people in the dark. Tell them what it's all about and get them on board, get them helping you. Typically then, what, four to six months to use it and generate some records on all those forms because that is what you need to demonstrate to the auditors that things are being adhered to. Okay, the management representative, right. He starts, she starts to perform various tasks. Document control, internal auditing, the non-conforming product, management review meetings. That's where the senior managers sit down with the management representative and make sure by a fixed agenda that everything is as it should be. And then, once you're getting comfortable with it all, you select a UCAS approved certification body. A recognised certification body that's going to come in and do the necessary to give you the ISO approval. The process itself. You'll arrange what's called a stage one audit, and this can be after about a couple of months, and this is a document review to make sure that all the three-tier system, if that's the way you've developed your system, is in place, and you haven't got any major emissions to the standard. Because if you have, there's no point coming in and doing the full audit. You agree a scope of registration. This is going to go on the certificate, and this is what you'll be able to hold up to customers and say, that's what we're approved to. Now then, some of this stage one will include elements of the stage two audit. Typically, internal audits and management review. Now, the stage two audit is where somebody comes in on site and goes right through the whole company, right through the whole system. The process then moves on to determining a date for the stage two audit. They'll usually want to see, as I say, four to six months of records, because that's what they're going to be coming in and checking. 
and it's a full system review. And then hopefully at the end of it all, you get recommended for certification, provided there's no major deficiencies. They may still put you forward for certification approval, but you might have a bit of a snagging list, for want of a better term. But if there's anything major, you'll be expected to put that right before you get recommended. Okay, well, thanks for viewing this presentation. As I say, it's just a review. For some of you, it might be an introduction. I don't know. But it's just giving you a flavour as to what uh, the elements of the standard are and how you best get them on board for your business.